uh, what I'd noticed for myself is the uh, longer I stay connected with this text, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, thoughts are just so... Thoughts are, thoughts are definitely not it. <laughs> so it's like... And, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I can... See, since, since we started this course, I can have really re-evaluated thoughts in a way, because I had... Okay, I've, I've been... Uh, like, have, have a consideration about thoughts that... Yeah, they're just there, they're, they're, they're radio stations. Of, of Babylon, but since we started this, I really have, have found a, a new quality of, of like uh, being with the thoughts, and I, I, mm. I find them less and less important. Like like I don't want to be there. Mm. It's very and I and it's, it strikes me that oh that that I mean that. Uh, what do you call it? Mi mirror, the mirror hall of thought. Mm. It's, it's really like that. Mm. It's not a pleasant mm. place to be, actually. Mm. Mm. It's, it's like quite mm. unnecessary, or what you say. Mm. And it's, uh, it's really a waste of time mm. to be there. And mm. I'm very happy to see that. <laughs> it brings some kind of confidence, even mm. if I'm not really able to stay out. Mm. When I find it, it's very like, oh yes, of course, I should not. That is not the place for me. Mm. It's inspiring. Yeah. Mm. Maybe you could try to step in <laughs> and and not finding anything. Yeah, that's a, that's a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to investigate it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's with um, what's with like creative thoughts? Is it? Yeah, that is part of my work, so to speak. I have, yeah. to, I have to really use thoughts to, mm. to logical things. Mm. Yes, I'm paid for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I go home, I I leave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I just want to be. But okay. but. Uh, uh, would you say there's less suffering in, in yeah. that kind of thought thinking and that kind of? Yeah, I think so because mm. it's, uh, uh, it's I have a purpose with those thoughts, mm. and mm. there is also yeah. I'm, I'm expecting a goal. Yeah, and then when I come to that goal, okay, that's that's that sequence of thoughts mm. are finished. Yeah, right. So and and the other the the mirror. Whole is like it goes on and on and on, yeah, and, yeah, and, and there's no yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. The, the continuous just like uh, mm. uh, like like the rings of Saturn or <laughs> whatever. So some a place that's it's there is easy to slip in, mm. uh, and I don't really like it. Mm. So but it, it's a good point to experience to 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 investigate it mm. a bit deeper. 
Mm. I've also been, um, you know, I've been in, into thought so much in my life, so it's very nice to see that. Oh, I don't have to do this. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it brings it it brings uh, uh, some kind of lightness to to find that I can leave it. Do Do you have a part of you who feels like that's irresponsible? To, or like to leave thoughts. To live thought. To no, leave I'm thoughts. I'm really longing for the day that uh, when I can just they can just be there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were talking about uh, when we had this uh, uh, this retreat. You were talking about this fiery like uh, energy to to reach uh, like uh, yeah to work with your awakening. But mm. for me, it's not. Like, it's it's not so. It's not a fire. It's it's but it's a very deep longing. Mm. So. I pray for the slip every day. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. Mm. So perhaps I think I, I yeah I, perhaps I, I I I think I need the grace mm -hmm. to really slip. Mm. Yeah. How did it feel when I prayed to Tara, please reveal yourself? Could you connect with that? Did it mean something for you? Not today. Not today. Not today. No, but mm. otherwise I have a quite good connection mm. with Tara. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I just... Uh, because you mentioned that longing, you know, yeah. that yearning. Mm. Yeah, it's funny that sometimes prayers and sentences say, They mean something, and they really touch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and sometimes it's just like yeah, just, uh, just words. They just pass through. Mm -hmm. So let's finish that the the first. So mind and mind itself innately complete in all its potential. is conceived in uncontrived naturalness. It's conceived in uncontrived naturalness. So, maybe um, Jing Milingpa suggests here that, you know, the grace you talked of, you just mentioned, that it is more likely to happen when we approach uncontrived naturalness. Yeah. Uncontrived naturalness is also like playfulness, effortlessness, like easygoing. Yeah, that is the, the relaxation. Yeah, relaxation yeah. Is an, would be a relaxation, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, very easy to slip into the, to be very serious about it. Mm, so mm. Then things, yeah. Then it it becomes thoughts. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's that's what Jing Jing Melimpa is mocking. You know what yeah. you just said. Like yeah. I become very serious about things. Mm. Yeah. So, and he's doing that here also. Uh, you yet you sophists who take the true truth literally distort being itself with your logic and analysis. So you distort being itself. You distort the possibility for grace 
with your logic and your analysis. You distort it. It's a distortion. How long your journey, your followers of awakening being philosophy. So awakening being philosophy, Mahayana philosophy. And one of the core tenets of the Mayana philosophy is what is called the two truth, the two truth. So he's joking about the Mayanists, say you take the true truth literally. So what are the two truths? Should be just reminding ourselves because we have talked about it in the emptiness exploration. But uh, Ken McLeod gives a very short kind of pith description of the two truth. So first he describes the possibility of the experience of mind itself. And he says, experience of this sort arise in different ways and to different degrees. So, so what, no, different, different ways and different degrees. Uh, I, I have this problem that uh, <laughs> that when when something arises, like a thought, it's not what I want to say. So <laughs> but uh, but uh, I can't say what I want to say. So every thought is is kind of useless. Yeah. But then you know, then I have to I I have to remember. Jing Milingpa from the, from the first first saying, what I'm writing about here, I can't describe. I can't talk about it. Yet, I'm going to use words and metaphors. Yeah. Uh, so I, I hope I get over this. Uh, this like, <laughs> I mean, like something, something comes up and then it's just like a soap bubble and, and it's gone. So what what is it? What ah? So what I want to say is, um, ah, just like boom, yeah. <laughs> uh, what so? No, what what you could call a, a, an experience of mind itself? You 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 in your life might have might have called it differently. Uh, for example, you might have had an experience going to the beach and you felt like you dissolved or you would have said, I, uh, there was only the beach or I for a moment, I dropped all the problems in the office. I was just there. Am I communicating? Is this kind? No. Is this kind of magic moments? Let's call them magic moments. In nature, in love, in music, 
when you when you're creative when when someone dies when your children were born yeah magic moments which were complete in itself and they were definitely there were less thoughts like the mirror hall of thoughts was yeah maybe but it, it, you know the 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 moment was too radiant in itself that any kind of what about me what about me went to the background you know some people experience that uh, i think it's in this text or maybe it's in the in the other one i'm teaching uh, from ken mcwald where he describes uh, this moment where he goes into a museum and there is a statue of Queen. I don't know if you know that picture. Yeah. It's, a, it's really beautiful. It's a, it's a wooden, wooden statue, life-size, and she's made from, from one piece of wood. And it's somewhere in New York in a, in a museum. And there's photos on the internet. Uh, so I really like that, that picture. And he describes this moment. He steps into this room and then everything stops. So that's all he says. Do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> so it's it's quite interesting how through 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 few words, you know, everything stops. You come to like you you see something, you hear something, everything stops. So, and then he says, once we have touched it, so it here is mind itself or the magic moment. Let's call it like that. Once we touched it, we are faced with an amazing paradox. So that's now starting to talk about the two truths, an amazing paradox. So that amazing paradox arises from the experience of these magic moments. On the one hand, we know that there is nothing there. So on one hand, we know there is nothing there. It's like, it's just like, yeah, there's nothing there. It's like, Not a thing, not a thing. It's nothing, I mean, in the magic moment, it's like there's nothing, you know, <laughs> there's, there's nothing there. Nothing, nothing you could put your finger on. There's also no time in the magic moment. And there's degrees, you know, I mean, and there's, you know, so, but if you, you know, if you imagine your magic moment times thousand, yeah, <laughs> like, like kind of, 
deepening your, these magic moments and being able to uh, dive into longer. You know? Often our magic moments, they are just like glimpses. And then, and then the conceptual mind takes over. So on the one hand, we know that there's nothing there, not a thing. On the other, we experience a fullness of life we had not known was possible. So that's the paradox. So someone who has an experience of mind itself in a uh, like as a as a real deep shift. On one hand, there's nothing there. That's the emptiness part. There's nothing findable there. On the other hand, we experience the fullness of life we had not known was possible. So this experience, this magic moment, which is maybe a bit a bit uh, no, I dropped that. So this experience, this magic moment, nothing is there, yet it's full, yet it's appearing. Nothing is findable, including myself, yet everything is there. Like, you know, the rainbow is like, it's so full of color, of beauty, but there's nothing there. You can't put your finger on it. It's appearing, but it's unfindable. So that's emptiness and appearances. This, ex this experience is so meaningful to us. It is. Now, when I talk with people about experiences like this, and they share something, they sometimes tell to me, I haven't shared that with anyone else. Because this is the most precious. And I was afraid if I would share it with someone, they would piss on it. So I kept it for myself. I, I think, actually, and I'm, I have been very surprised about this, is how many people are there who have profound experience of mind itself. They don't call it like that. They don't write a book about the power of now, particularly when they're from Sweden. For an American, it's a bit easier. Um, but it's surprising. For me. How many people are touched by the magic moments. And not like just, you know, oh, I was so relaxed and happy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about magic moments. I, I mean, like, no where you are in the presence of the divine and you know it. 
So this experience is so meaningful because it changes the way we experience life so profoundly. So what happens, or what happens often, arising from these moments, is that we want others to know it. We want others to know it. But how? (laughs) How? And that's my experience, but it's also the experience of, you know, many people who I talked with who who just feel this need this wants to be shared. It's just like I mean, it's not even your own decision. Like, oh, I have to become a teacher and I have to share this with the world. It's just, it wants to be shared. It's not for everyone like this, but for many. For some people, they, they go the hermit way. Yeah. So how? How do we communicate an experience which is so paradoxical that you have to, yeah, it's nothing, but it's everything, and yeah, and and yeah, but it's everything, but it does not really exist, and yeah, but no, it does exist, uh, but not really, yeah. So it's like, uh, how do you share this experience? And what happened for the Mahayana? Mahayana, how how does he call him? Them awakening being, awakening being, awakening being philosophy. So what happened? Out of the experience, try wanting to share this. They came up with the idea. There needs to be the two truths. The ultimate truth, which is the emptiness part, oh, there's nothing there, and the relative truth, the appearances, the fullness of emptiness. So they start to think about it. They start to make a philosophy around it. And they share that. And still, it doesn't work. People don't understand it. You write a big book about the philosophy of the two truths, and you can, you know, Galuk tradition, you can buy books like this, the two truths. You know, Jeffrey Hopkins, Guy Newland, Jeffrey Hopkins and his students. It's just like books and books and books about the two truths. So you, you start to go into the philosophy, you teach. You teach. Yeah, so, but, but remember, you come from the experience. You have had the experience of mind itself, that deep presence of the divine. And then you start to teach. And it wants to be shared because it's the most meaningful thing in your life, the most precious. But you can't explain it, yet you try through a philosophy. So you start to talk about the true truth. 
you, you start to say, yes, everything is empty, it's unfindable, doesn't exist out of itself, merely labeled by mind. But that's not it. That doesn't describe your experience. It's just one part. So the other part is, but there's the fullness, there's love, there's everything. So then you say, okay, that's the ultimate truth and that's the relative truth. But people don't get it. <laughs> people don't get it. They understand it intellectually, but I mean, I can give a lecture about apples, but that's not the experience of eating an apple. That's something else. So what happens? that you become more sophisticated. You write more books. You go in more details. You know, that's, the, that's the direction of the Gluck tradition. Commentaries upon commentaries on, upon commentaries on the, on the two truths. Yeah? Each generation writes its own commentaries on the commentaries, and in each generation the books become thicker and thicker and thicker. And then you get lost there. And that's what he means, Jing uh, Milingpa. You, 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 through, the, through this philosophy, you lost, you distort being itself with your logic and analysis. And then he says, how long your journey, yeah, how long your journey, your followers of awakening being philosophy, because when you get into this, it's no end. And instead of coming closer to the experience of mind itself, the magic moment being in the divine presence, you go farther and farther away. So the, lo the journey becomes longer and longer. So Ken McLeod says it's like this. Our original experience now seems like a distant and vague memory. So the original experience, which initiated that. How can I share this with others? We have our philosophy but much as we value it, it has no power. We have lost our origi original path and now wander along the pathways of the intellect, adding argument to argument, constructing sophisticated lines of reasoning that go nowhere. So maybe good to remember that Most of the writings of Jing Milingpa are actually about these different philosophical schools. So it's not that he puts them down or you know says they are bullshit or something like that. It's uh, it's just showing the extreme. Yeah. 
Okay, nothing more to say. Let's uh, share the stillness, presence uh, with everyone here online, back and forth. With the mandala of our life. And please may magic moments break into our life more and more until they become continuous, until every moment is a magic moment for everyone for all beings. Mm -hmm.